Crow Talk. Crow Talk. Crow Talk. Film Squawk. Unintended. Written and directed by Anya Merman. 2018. Tormented by a repressed trauma, a young woman ventures back to the home of her childhood to confront the actions of her 12-year-old self. Stacy Cassidy, hello. 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 My voice is back. Oh, yeah. We Not never explained. No, I sounded just very emotional the whole <laughs> podcast last time. It wasn't because I was emotional. It's because I was ill. She was emotional and ill. I was just ill. But this time your voice is back. It's back. I'm glad we cleared that up. In plenty of time to give some yays and nays for Unintended. A little bit different podcast this time. We actually had the pleasure of interviewing some filmmakers, the filmmakers for Unintended. But before we get to the interview portion, let's hear some yays. Why our gentle listeners should seek out this independent film. My yay would have to be Elizabeth Lale. Mm. The young ingenue. My yay <laughs> is how they depicted and captured the feeling of being outdoors as a kid. Just that like no boundaries, living in the woods, sort of free-spirited element of childhood. And I would say a reason to seek out this this independent film is because it's an independent film. And not just that, but... As you'll hear in our interview, they went far with it. They did a few things that many filmmakers would warrant against. Children, locations, animals, oh my! They did it all. They went there and they took these risks. And I think that we need to be supporting films that are willing to take risks uh, such as these. And not to mention this film was written, directed, and produced by a woman. So. Ow! Ow, ow! ow. How about nays? My nay would have to be some of the supporting actors. I wasn't captivated by their performances. Sometimes I was pulled out by their performances. My nay would be I could have had the story unfold a little bit slower. I feel like it got, it wasn't wrapped up quickly. It was just a lot of information that I could have like watched almost in a miniseries, not to say that they should have gotten that format because they did a really nice job with this film and I was fully engaged and like had my teeth sunk into it the whole time. And maybe because of that, it could have like gone a little bit slower for me. Nay. And I think that my nay draws from both of your nays. It's just like my yay. This is an independent film and you need to go into it, understanding the labor that and the commitment that is essential to making films like this happen. Uh, it's a totally different process than what we think of out in Hollywood as quote unquote indie films. And uh, because of that, viewers will be utilizing a lens that has been blurred. So that would be an A, the, the difficulty for some individuals in separating what true independent film is from, from those faux indie films that they love so much. Totally. I think that listening to this podcast after you've seen the film will really enrich your experience. As you're about to find out, it was really incredible to talk to the filmmakers. It changed my whole perspective on the film, really. And as far as independent films go, I mean, we do quite a bit of pre-screening for festivals at Talking to Crows. And 
I mean, it really was gripping for an independent film. I was immediately like sucked into it. And I find sometimes, especially in feature length, really indie films, um, my attention wanes a bit or the pacing drags a little bit. Uh, yeah, but with this one, it just really like gripped me the entire time, which is exciting to see, you know, no matter what tiny flaws that you could pick apart in any indie film, like it's exciting when one grips you like that and you're just mm -hmm. along for the entire ride without getting bored and just being like really invested in, I could agree with you, Stacey, but really invested in the main characters mm -hmm. at least and the main uh, plot line. Well, and indie films have sort of become mainstream Right. nowadays and they really aren't indie films anymore because they have huge budgets right. and but they sort of have this aesthetic like indie film has become a genre almost and mm -hmm. so I think that people go into films like true indie films with that lens or that expectation and it really just it needs to be something that you need to think about when going to watch unintended or any other true independent film and that's that's one aspect and then additionally the production quality on Unintended is is gorgeous. Beautiful. Like that's so beautiful. what helped that encompass that feeling of like being a child in the woods uh, with like no rules or curfew or anything. Yes, um, it was so beautiful. Like the whole film was just gorgeous to watch. The cinematography was brilliant. Even there was some CG moments and those were really well done, which is also refreshing to see in an indie film because sometimes I think that is a hazardous line to walk for indie filmmakers. And we were not expecting to to make this connection and have this opportunity to interview these filmmakers, but that came that came about, correct? Yeah. The PR team for the film Unintended contacted us. Um, they were searching for podcasts that were about female-driven films, and they found Crow Talk Film Squawk and contacted us and that's how we got in touch with the filmmakers and were able to do a Skype interview. It was a really amazing experience and it's cool to see doors open like that through our little podcast. And to hear about their experience directly from them and get to engage in that way. Yeah, so let's go ahead and introduce them. So it was written and directed by Anya Merman and it was produced by Sabine Schenk. Sabine was previously a producer on 2016's A Cure for Wellness and 2008's The Reader. And both Anya and Sabine worked together uh, on a short in 2014 titled Mistress. And again, as co-producers on a film that's about to release on November 13th, Mickey and the Bear. And so without further ado, here are two fantastic filmmakers. Okay, we did it. It's happening. We, I think we first just wanted to ask about the inspiration for the story. Um, what was it that inspired this story? Um, was it a true, based on true events or how did that come to you, Anya? No, no, it's not, it's not uh, based on true events, but um, there's definitely, um, th there are similar events that have you know, have inspired me. And um, the childhood of um, Leah, in some way, I had a, a similar childhood, just in terms of that I grew up um, kind of more in a rural area and was, you know, had a lot of freedom and could just roam around and there was not much supervision of my parents. Mm -hmm. And um, 
that um, nature has always played a really important role in my life. And um, and the, the idea of um, of um, that she that this this tragedy happens um, to her when she's young. Um, I think that came out of an idea that Sabine and I had that we wanted to do something, you know, something uh, sort of tell a suspenseful story, and um, so you know we created we created this event, and then um, I think the the film or the story it it really went a zigzag path um and um you know it, it took a long time before it it shaped itself uh into the you know the screenplay that we then ended up uh shooting mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i was i was fascinated by you know by by the idea of um you know somebody haunt being haunted by memories not knowing what they really mean and and digging into that into this you know traumatic event and then also you know the whole idea of um abandonment was um mm. uh, was something that i you know was um very interested to explore mm -hmm. yeah i definitely felt that in the film yeah and the backdrop of all of those shots of nature and the, the leah running wild was just such a beautiful landscape for the entire film yeah there was one shot in particular where she's swimming in the mm. lake and the sun um the shot that you guys got that day yeah. it's interesting that you talk about nature as far as being a part of the inspiration or um early on inspiration for the story you wanted to tell because that was definitely prevalent i felt that i mean also the element i mean the elements of um of uh, water and forest, you know, they, they have such great metaphors, you know, which is, you know, is, is, is great to enhance that visually, you know, like water was, you know, throughout the whole film, that was really an important element um, that we used um, and that we, um, you know, that, and for us, um, on the one hand, it symbolizes unconsciousness, but then also, you know, water has this amazing healing power and, you know, so, we wanted to have that, like, you know, string through the whole movie. And um, and the forest is, you know, something where, you know, which was great to use, especially for her nightmare scenes, because, you know, you, you just get lost. The great thing is that, you know, the, the places we found in nature, they have, they symbolize, you know, what's happening with the characters, you know, that he falls into a shaft and that she has to go down the shaft, you know, so she has to go down into his, into her unconsciousness and, mm -hmm. and get, you know, and, and, and bring these things up. Um, you know, that was, you know, it was, we were kind of lucky that we um, found these locations. Uh, where was it filmed? Sabine, you want to answer those? Sure. Uh, we filmed uh, all of the, um, these locations we found in the Hudson Valley that's north of New York, oh, yeah. uh, about two hours north of New York. And it's a, a very beautiful area. Um, in particular, we found one um, 
we found one place it's in Rosendale where we uh, found the house and and uh, the hall like the uh, you know the the, the the hall where he falls into mm-hmm. in, in one particular area which was very helpful and um, and then yeah throughout the entire Hudson Valley in in different uh, areas. How long were you two in pre-production before the camera started rolling? We, we found the places. We actually went a year before uh, in the summer um, on a location scout because we wanted to shoot it, and we could only also shoot it in the summer. And um, uh, and so we we needed to find locations that you know. I mean, the winter in upstate New York, New York looks really different, mm-hmm. or the fall than the summer. So we. We, we we actually found uh, the most important locations a year before, and then um, at, you know we have something. You, maybe you can answer the rest of it. Uh, we, yeah, because because as Anya said, we we thought you know everything will be filmed in the summer, so it was very uh, crucial that we find the major locations in uh, in summertime. Uh, so we had a good idea how it will look like in summertime. So so we scouted actually all the way upstate New York, near Albany and and in different other areas of, of New York State. Uh, but then again, we found everything in the Hudson Valley, which was very helpful. And, um, and then I would say, you know, Pre-productions a year uh, uh, before we started filming, but the the hardcore pre-production started around January, February of uh, 2017. That's awesome. It's really fun to talk to indie filmmakers. We've this is I feel like our closest, most intimate conversation we've been able to have. So. Yeah, thanks for answering our production question. Well, and our entire podcast is focused on women in front of and behind the camera. And so it's it's essential to us to to learn more about how these relationships are formed so much in filmmaking ends up being networking. And so it's it's curious. I'm 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 interested to know how how the two of you met. Um we met uh, already a long time ago in the 90s and then um but we started really working together in uh like 2013 14 we did a short that Anya directed called Mistress yes, yes, uh, you yes. can actually watch it on our on our Shorelight Pictures website and um and the idea of continuing uh, uh, our work together uh, uh, came after Mistress, and um, and we developed the idea for Unintended, and Anya wrote the script. What's also crucial, of course, is is the the key crew, and uh, so early on we uh, actually we did a reading, and someone I know I asked him to. Um, uh, to, to film the reading of the script and um, and at that point Anya and 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 uh, the DP met and they started working together and developed ideas of how they will shoot it and uh, so that's all very crucial and then of course we found a production designer and costume designer and they all work very close with Anya. So the, the um, I mean I think that in terms of um, 
working together, you know, like Sabine and I, I think I'm really lucky uh, to to have a producer like Sabine because she's not only, you know, amazing with organization, but she's also, you know, she really has very important creative input. And um, I think that that's at least my belief that you, you know, the possibility of making a better film um, is definitely there when you have a close relationship with your producer. And um, yeah, we have we have experienced that again uh, on this uh, on a film uh, that uh, Sabine and I also helped produce, um, Mickey and the Bear. It was similar that you know with a lot of women um, involved, and um, you know the producers were also you know super helpful and. And that comes out later this year. Yeah, that comes out um, November thirteenth in November. But the, the I think also for independent film. What 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 is our advantage or can be an advantage is that you uh, if you find for example your um, EP early on, uh, I think pre production is is essential uh, that um, you know you work closely with the DP and have a have a shot list um, and um, and have you know work really. C- closely with your DP because you have very little time once you start shooting and we had a lot of locations so we had to be really fast mm-hmm. and um, um, so all the pre-production you know the intense pre-production really helped uh, so for, for example um, I mean it's it's more or less a joke but uh, there is a truth behind it you know the saying is when you do an independent film um, and and with you know a, a certain budget then you shouldn't have too many locations you shouldn't have children you shouldn't have stunts <laughs> and you shouldn't have animals and uh, because that's all difficult to to you know difficult items but uh, and we had all of those but we had of course the uh, the the wonderful amazing uh, actress Hannah Westerfield oh, and she, she was wonderful yeah she's really we did the casting and um when i saw the first casting tape we both were a little bit concerned that we wouldn't find uh, a a young child performer who can actually carry the the role but then we saw hannah uh, and and we were both totally uh, you know overwhelmed by her by her appearance yeah she definitely captured that like cool, free-spirited young woman. Yeah. We're all in our 30s, and I felt like, oh, I wish I could be her. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, we had the stunts a couple of times, and um, especially the the one when, the, when they jump into the water, that was kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we were rather dependent, and that day it was raining a little bit, and uh, so it was it was not as ideal as we would have wished for. But, you know, the problems appear, and then you have to find a solution, and we were kind of lucky that the rain stopped and we could continue our our shoot that day. That's what it's all about. You have to make the best of, uh, of it. Totally. That is definitely independent filmmaking. Anya, what was it like to direct Elizabeth Lale um, 
dealing with such PTSD throughout the entire film? Because, I mean, she as an adult was just a wreck. And to keep, was that challenging, keeping her in, to that, in that headspace? Or can you speak to that at all? I mean, it was definitely more challenging for her than it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Um, she um, actually, she, you know, with actresses, I mean, I'm somebody that I respect their um, their way of approaching a role. You know, some do want to do a lot of rehearsals. Some want to just do um, a read-through and then do a breakdown of the character and, you know, a breakdown of the scene and, um, you know, important beats. Uh, so everybody's a little bit different uh, in terms of what they need as, a, as an a- actor from you know, from the director. So with Elizabeth, um, she she didn't want to do uh, extensive rehearsals. Uh, so we we just talked a lot about uh, the character and uh, how we both saw her. And then um, she um, she decided, and I think that was a good idea to um, approach the character. I mean, for her uh, to approach the character from the from the physicality, you know, so like she just, you know, she worked on how she would hold herself. So she, you know, so basically she worked herself from the outside, inside, inside the character. And um, she had to do this really very dramatic scene um, at the um, hunting stand with Sam, where she breaks down, where she actually, where the memory all comes back. She had to do that quite early in the film. And um, I think um, because that's a sort of, uh, that was kind of a climax um, that layered then, you know, the other, you know, that was the highest, you know, the most emotional moment. And, you know, so she, you know, afterwards the scene, even if they were, you know, that was kind of our high point. And then, you know, she had to tone things down from there basically. Uh, even, you know, later on in the film. But she basically stayed, um, when she was on set, she was in character. Have you two both worked on more male-dominated films before? And if so, can you talk about the difference between working on a film helmed by women as opposed to a film helmed by men? Sabine? Um... Yeah, I mean, it all depends. I mean, first of all, for me, it depends on on the person's character more than anything else. And I had, uh, I had throughout my my years of working, uh, you know, as a line producer, I had a few strange, um, let's say. Um, encounters was was men who were in their I would say 60s and older mm. and I feel that generation especially is um, still has a problem working with women mm-hmm. um, especially with women who have some word to say, you know, and and are not at the end of the of the decision making process, but like really part of the decision making process. I feel the younger generation, the the men, they're definitely more um, 
open to everything. And um, but I, I I feel the the sixties and older are still kind of a handful, you know, to say the, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, that's putting yeah. it. But okay. but otherwise, you know, I never had like a very bad uh, uh, um, experience but uh, it's it's definitely a ge- in my opinion more a generational uh, issue mm-hmm. so in other words I'm very hopeful that you know in the new the new generation is more open to to the fact that we are equal and and that um, that every differences there are is more in character than uh, than than in gender. Well, that's awesome. I think that's beautiful because it's hard to find the delineation, and and I would think that age would have would have a like some sort of impact based on just exposure and based on your exposure specifically and and the different experiences you each have had. If you can recall. Uh, a specific favorite aspect of this production specifically versus other productions you've been a part of? Is, is there something that stands out to you that you specifically enjoyed about Unintended? Um, for me, what I really enjoyed is um, to experience the, you know, the vast creativity from everybody that helped shape this movie. You know, it was... Uh, a total pleasure to work with, um, you know, with everybody, and 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 you know, you see how hard they work and uh, and uh, put their all in, you know, uh, and and uh, so it was, a, it, you know, we had, um, you know, the, the crew and the cast got along, um, and it, I mean, for example, when we when we shot um, on the the house on the lake, we actually were there for a couple of days. Um, then in the in the lunch, during the lunch break, you know, some went on the canoe, some went fishing, some be <laughs> you know, people were like just sunbathing. It was like a really cool atmosphere, you know, and and um, and also because we we all lived in a hotel, you know, we and we 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 were just um, stuck together uh, for this these couple of weeks and you know we're kind of a family and it um no it was really a pleasure working with everybody so i I can't say um anything negative about this shoot that sounds like a great set to be on seriously (laughs) yes and this isn't a question it's just like a random thought that i had when i first watched the film i love the friendship between leah's character and sam I just thought that was really refreshing to have an older man as just a friend to a younger woman that actually had her best um, interests in mind. And I just, yeah, small thought, but I really appreciated that depiction. Did did you hear that off the bat, you know, right away from the beginning? Because I also had comments, you know, people were a little bit uneasy. you know, in the beginning, not knowing, you know, what kind of relationship is that? And, um, you know, and then they were uh, pleasantly surprised by the fact that, you know, yeah, that he's kind of a, you know, a supportive father figure for her. Yeah, I just never, I mean, at least off the top of my head, I can't think of another relationship depicted in quite that way. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so I just really appreciated that. Well, that, I think that is interesting 
And it makes me think about a woman looking at that relationship, writing these two characters. Um, had a man maybe depicted the relationship between these two characters? Is that influencing that dynamic that we've seen throughout the years? You know what I mean? Or it's something that comes to mind when looking at um, an older man and a younger woman, because yeah, sometimes there is a knee jerk, like, okay, this is inappropriate potentially, or is, is this going to end up sexual? And, um, cause my mind does jump to that, you know, it's in there, it's ingrained in there. So, um, it's, it is really powerful. I think to see that, um, deescalated a bit. Yeah. A stereotype kind of mm-hmm. squash, squash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for And for me, it was also, I really wanted to deal uh, in that film with Leah and, 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 you know, sort of father figure ideas, you know, so the, her own father who, you know, is, you know, wants to be there for her, but has limits and, uh, and then Sam and, um, yeah, so that was interesting for me to, to, to explore that actually, that, you know, that dynamic. So Sabine, as far mm-hmm. as the production lens on this film, do you have a specific perspective that you were hoping was taken? Mm-hmm. I know that you that you have probably your hands in many, many different pots as far as um, your interaction with what occurred on film, but was there an aspect that you really wanted to resonate throughout the film that Anya and you could champion together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when we developed the project, um, I think it was it was kind of important for both of us the the uh, the psychological aspect of the story, and uh, you know what what the young Leah goes through when the incident happens, and then and then the old Leah what she goes through when she starts slowly to remember what happened. And and I think I think that a whole psychological aspect uh, came through very well in in the directing and the acting, and um, and in you know the locations that were let's call it quote unquote provided by production and of course the locations are uh, uh, essentially decided by Anya you know but it's it's definitely a collaborative process of of finding those elements together. And um, yeah, that was important. And I think we achieved that. For both of us, what was important was, um, you know, the the way the relationship between young Leah and young Bill and then older Leah and older Bill, um, you know, reflected sort of the need for each other to, um, to resolve something from their past, and um, um, that that was really also for me, it was a very important element actually in the script. That they, you know, that it's not only that Leah needed to find Bill, uh, but also that Bill actually needed to find Leah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the last two lines in the film communicated that beautifully. Just mm-hmm. he, she asking him if he's okay, and then. He asks her, and I think she says, "I will be." Her. Yeah, but I love and also, that conclusion. Yeah, and it's also the 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 first time for me that they really that they you know they were so self involved in their own 
you know, pain and, uh, and, and, and history, uh, you know, even though that, you know, part of that history was, you know, they had together. But it was also for me then the first time that they actually could look at the other, you know, and really be interested in the other. Um, like, like in the beginning when they were little, you know, there was this moment where, you know, there was, you know, they were sort of intrigued with each other. Mm -hmm. so, and also it was important for us that, you know, to show that a healing process is possible even though you experience something very tragic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Like a greater message. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, trauma, trauma is, it's amazing the narratives that you will tell yourselves. Um, mm -hmm. Tell yourself when you've experienced a trauma, which is, you know, what she spent her whole life doing she told herself that she was a murderer you know that's yeah. what she grew up in and then that became suppressed and so um it's so for the character it's so lucky that she was able to have that resolution and and put that trauma to bed um because those can just stay with you forever yeah for me you know even though she is you know in many ways you know a, a broken character she's a strong character you know, that there's, you know, I, I also wanted to, um, you know, portray a, a, a woman that is not, you know, you know, your typical strong woman, you know, like comes off immediately strong, but, you know, sort of comes strong throughout, you know, her actions and her, you know, facing, facing her demons and, and facing her past. Yeah, she ended up being quite tenacious. She seemed pretty wrecked for a while. And I think mm -hmm. that built into her overcoming this this reality of her unconscious, and it, it ended up being more powerful because of how because of how much she was invested in in the pain and how much it had impacted her. I agree. It was exciting, you know, getting to see Elizabeth again because some of us have watched the the television show that she has just recently um, starred in, you. Mm -hmm. And then I personally had a great time seeing other actors, uh, specifically Sean Cullen from Mindhunter and Amy Hargraves from Homeland, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. And so your, your ability to pull together such an eclectic group of, of really talented actors for this indie film was inspiring. Was there a recipe behind that to just come together like magic? They were all excited about the project. Do you know like how that all coalesced? I mean, the great thing about um, those actors, they really um, enjoy, uh, especially Amy, you know, she, she enjoys doing interesting um, uh, indie films. And um, honestly, I mean, they, they really like, they all really all like their role, they, you know, in the, in the film. Um, and um, it was something for each of them to bite into. It, it was very clear. Yeah, Sean, Sean, you know, he you haven't seen him in a role like that. You know, he's no. the more you often, and you know, he's, he's he plays um, this put together person. so buttoned up, so buttoned up. Yeah, so <laughs> I think you know, he really, you know, he's very, you know, he was, yeah, he was, he was happy with the result. I believe that, you know? I believe it. And you know, happy that he's portrayed 
in a different way. And um, yeah. Well, and Amy got to be the one undone instead of being the older sister who had it all together as she is in Homeland. So she must yeah. have had a great time with that. And she's amazing. I mean, she's she's so, you know, she's so, um, she's such an amazing actress. Yeah, she, I mean, she, she can bring it from both sides, right? Yeah, I mean, she's so quick with, um, you know, getting into character. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's really, that's really astounding. Yeah, it was very interesting it's, uh, to see how each actor has their own method to get into the role. That's that's always fascinating yeah. to, to watch. Did you have specific casting in mind before you did it? Did you do like an open casting call or did you specifically have some of these actors in mind for the roles? No, no, we didn't actually. And that's also when I write, I don't really have... Um, characters in mind and it's it's also kind of fun then the 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 um, auditioning um, process because it uh it you know i can surprise myself by an actress or an actor that you know that does something that i did not envision and then it's there and you're like wow this this is perfect mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh so yeah. No, they all came through um, through um, um, auditioning, through the auditioning process. Yeah, and Elizabeth, you know, she she got the role offered why of you while we were shooting, so she wasn't also she hadn't done uh, um, a feature film at that point, and you know, so that was also for her was you know was new territory. Wow, which is exciting because I I really appreciated how far she dug into this role, in Talia, mm-hmm. uh, in this film, and you know obviously she she's the star in this film, and you get to see a bit more of her and her capacity, I believe, in this role, and I I really appreciated that very very much. So yeah, I'm excited to watch her career grow. Yeah, me too. I think, you know, she's, I mean, she's also, she has a great um, uh, film presence, you know, a visual presence, you know, that's also something that, you know, is, is important for a film director, you know, how, how do they, how do they um, appear on a screen, you know, just looking at them, you know, it's, it's it often, you know, when you meet somebody, uh, you know, and then you you see them through the lens. Um, it's it's two different people. It's fascinating too. It's amazing when that happens. Okay, so we've we've gone through our list of questions that we had premeditated for the two of you, but we have one more for each of you. We would love for each of you to respond. So, do you have any advice for aspiring filmmakers that you would like to bestow upon our gentle listeners? <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Make like Nike. Okay. Mine is a little more. Um, uh, Yes, I agree with Anya. Just go for it. (laughs) Uh, And while you're going for it, um, keep your focus Mm -hmm. and strength and have good nerves, strong nerves. Because if you don't have them and patience, then it might not work out, but with a lot of patience and and consistency, and uh, but at the same time be open to uh, different 
um, things here and there so you can keep your inspirations open uh, I think I think uh, yeah I think those are my advices you know I think also you need to you need to be a for let's say for independent filmmakers you have to be a, um, a fast problem solver you know yeah. that and and um, if I uh, would, yeah would, I mean there's so much that I would can actually say that's why I say just do it because I can speak an hour about you know, <laughs> but I but but what's really important is um because you hear so many different voices while uh while you uh make your movie and um and people come with different uh different ideas different tasks different choices and you have to really fast um make decisions and so to um, to stay close to your guts, you know, and make them from you know from something within you, is you know is really important uh, to stay true true to you know some you know intuition that you have, you know um, that I think is is is, is vital uh, in order to you know make the movie that you want to make. And then also, uh, you know, you have to listen. And communicate. That's that's very very crucial, you know. To be to be really open and communicate with your crew. They are all there to help you to make your movie because they are excited about your movie and you're, they are excited about the script. So that's why they are there and they want to work with you as a director. And so so don't think you know it all. You know what I mean? And that's what I feel so amazing was working with, with Anya because it's a truly collaborative process with Anya. You know, we both listen to each other. We, we, if, if we don't agree, then each of us has enough time to, to bring your argument uh, um, forward and, and we talk about it and then we'll find uh, a solution to whatever we discuss. And that's very important that process. The collaborative process is, is is evocative to us, and we, I think, we're all really interested to know if you plan to to work on something together in the future. Definitely, yes. We're developing <laughs> kind of three projects right now. Oh my Whoa. goodness. Nice. That's nice. And of course, of course, each one has different focuses right now. And Anya started, uh, you know, writing, starting with a treatment, and then it will eventually go into a script. But it, it takes it takes a long time to develop a, a good script. You, you obviously are working hard together and you have what sounds like an incredible crew, incredible actors coming together, all to to facilitate an experience for a viewer. So if you had a wish for your viewer, if you if you hoped your viewer would walk away with something from this film, do you do you have an idea of what that something would be? I think um, for me it's like I'm, you know, I'm I'm putting the viewers through you know, partly through quite a, a turbulent. True, um, <laughs> true, true. And uh, but also, um, my hope is that at the end, that it sort of it made sense, and um, and that there's you know, 
actually that you know even though you 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 know you experience uh quite a, you know pain and you know different emotions but that when the film is over you are not depressed you know that you come out with um you know with you know i you know not in yeah like you're not depressed you're sort of hopeful there's a lift out yeah you can see another side of it yeah that's that's what i hope you know for the viewer mm. for me it's important that we see that um healing is possible mm. you know and, and and what anya just said that you know and you go through um, very bad times and but but the viewer is hopefully uplifted and 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 again see that that uh, a healing process but because we when we look at um uh, a lot of cases when people go through uh, trauma and uh and very bad um experiences they they start looking for distraction people take drugs and drinks and 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 uh, pre prescription drugs and all that and our goal is in a way to say you can overcome this if you if you really face it and and um and start a healing process well yeah yeah but also i mean with support and with um right you know, and it has to be, I mean, that's also something, you know, it has to be at the right time in your life, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in my opinion, you know, certain traumata, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you're too young to actually face them. Right. But in, in the case of this film, you know, the, 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 the amount of, uh, uh, of, of nightmares and she was really, you know, it was all accumulating and came to a point where, you know, she was, even though, you know, she was barely hanging on, uh, you know, in life, you know, she was ready actually to, you know, face it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like a fervor, yeah, fever breaking. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, I yeah. can't say enough how beautiful the film was. Like, he really nailed, I think, just um, that feeling of how hard real human experience can be and the hopefulness at the end. I mean, it just encompassed all of that really beautifully. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and all your friends. Oh, we will. All of our friends. We're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna tell everyone. Oh yeah, it uh, comes out November seventh, right? Yes. Yeah. Video on demand. Yeah, we're excited. Well, yeah, we'll be announcing that to our entire network. That's great. Thank so, you both so much. We'll be watching for what you do next. We're extremely excited. Yeah. Yeah, we have your email now. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> in touch. We like got that. some groupies. Oh yeah. <laughs> groupies on the West Coast. Yes, that's great. Okay. Okay, ladies. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. What fascinating and creative individuals. So blessed that they took the time to let us interview them. I can't believe it. It was just truly a pleasure. And as you already know, Unintended was available beginning November 7th through Apple TV. And that is why you're listening to this podcast, because you've already watched it. If right. you haven't watched it, Naughty. now you know a lot of things <laughs> you know about it, stuff. but you should still watch it. But maybe it piqued your interest, and now you're going to go watch it. I liked it so much, I was threatening watching the screener twice. I didn't, because of laziness and procrastination. Wow. But I wanted to. It was good. Do it. Watch it. Support indie filmmakers. They need you. 
Is that your takeaway, Stacey? That is my takeaway, is to support independent filmmakers. Ask me what my takeaway is. What's your takeaway? I'm stealing yours, to support <gasps> indie filmmakers. Rochelle? Oh, but now I feel pressure. My <laughs> takeaway is to support indie filmmakers and also to really continue to invest in the relationships that you're building with your creative partners because they ultimately are going to help contribute to the collective success of your filmic or otherwise future. So mm -hmm. keep investing. It's it's not time wasted. It will come back around as we heard from Sabine and Anya. It will come back around and open up so many doors if you continue mm -hmm. to to work and be vigilant and tenacious. Keep going, keep watching. Get nerve, make film. This has been a Talking to Crows production brought to you by Western Washington University's Professional Writing Literacy and Rhetoric Program.